0: And I can think of no better segue... (laughs) ...than the one that Job wrote. (laughs) As you know, this is the measure of an episode where it is our continuing mission to explore what makes Star Trek genuine Star Trek, and not just a video game. Feels like a video game at this point. I'm Paul.
1: And I'm Jonathan, and we do this using three criteria. The first one is, is there sci-fi in the plot? Like deep in there it's nestled so far in there you cannot pull it out without destroying everything that was the plot number two is that sci-fi presented in a unique or novel fashion and not just time travel tropes having to get back to the present or some other (laughs) sci-fi stereotypes in a thousand right now and number three is there a moral or ethical or philosophical dilemma that a character faces
0: i'm jonathan and i'm paul and we forgot to clap three two one <laughs> and this week we watched picard season three episode picard. eight yeah she said it again i know this, she episode. did yep <laughs> she really drew it out too. It was she nice.
1: Did. I was I was hoping she would do it because she wants Jack so much too. that She would be like yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, she's really making a meal out of this whole uh this whole takeover of the ship, right?
1: Oh yeah, a really solid meal.
0: Yeah. Uh and the blurb. Let's see how Siri did. I don't even read it anymore. I wait to be surprised. I just I blindly dictated into the phone. Vatic. Wow, it did Vadic perfectly. Hmm. Vadik forces Picard to make an impossible choice to deliver what he can never give or watch his crew perish. P-A-R-I-S-H. <laughs> his crew perish. <laughs> <laughs> they are only salvation lives in the line of an old friend and an old. An, and few an few old. <laughs> and an old. So is it an old or is it an old? A-N space O. Oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah, so there's some good stuff in there. Some good right. stuff. Let's go back to Vatic for a second. All right. So I, I like me a good, fabulous Star Trek villain. Sure. Don't get me wrong, Jonathan. But I was starting to get a little tired of it. This is season eight and- <laughs> Or she's no eight, longer one of the two. <laughs>
1: well, it
0: feels like season eight uh, in more ways than one. And I feel like- Enough with the monologuing and they even reference the monologuing (laughs) in this episode. She's doing so much of it and it just, it felt, it just feels empty at this point because no matter what anybody says, like, Hey, do you know what time it is? Vatican calms her down is what time is it funny? You should ask, right? Crewman, you know, it's like, does everything need to be couched in this weird, sarcastic mustache twirling? Like, can you just like, where's the bathroom? I just need to go to the bathroom. I asked 25 minutes ago. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just get tired of it. I just want there to be some some element of you're not just I don't I I don't want to feel the writer behind you every single exchange.
1: Well, yeah. I'm and the other part to that too. I mean, she's she's the cat who caught the canary, you know, and so now she's playing with her prey. But she's been doing that since episode two. And like she's been she's been relishing it too much for too long
0: even when she wasn't i mean i guess yeah she seems panicked when she isn't in control and then when she's in control she's doing this thing but you're right but it just it just feels like we we never really got to know her as a well-rounded character we just get to know her as you know as just this monologuing character it could have been anybody Right. I mean, the most fun was when we got to see her backstory and she seemed to be somewhat rounding out when we got to hear what her motivations were. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, I just got tired of it. I was just waiting for her to be done talking so we could get on with the movie.
1: Well, yeah. And I guess the other part to to that is in the previous episode, we didn't really learn about why she joined her benefactor. You know, like, why does she have this boss? Like, I understand why she is doing her revenge and that's fine. But. I don't think they explained why she had to team up with anyone for this revenge and why it's not a partnership, but she is the subordinate.
0: Right. There's something going on that we don't know. And they've been, they kind of did the same thing that Lower Decks did, which was tread water for a while until we can ramp up for the last three episodes, which is which is kind of what we're doing now. You know, the last three are going to be, I'm assuming, pretty high energy because Data's back, kind of. Right. I like that Data does not have any makeup on he just has the eyes (laughs) the eyes must be computer generated because brent spiner was probably i'm not going to wear any makeup for this fyi i might comb my hair uh but you can put the eyes in digitally i'm just not going to wear makeup anymore (laughs) i'm not going to do it i would have been fine with that if data was data and i understand brent spiner doesn't want to play data anymore as you said doesn't want to do it, wants to do something different. So they gave him this new personality that incorporates all the different things, all lore and all the different things that uh, have been programmed in. So I get it. Uh, and so he's this new person. I don't know if I like it, though. Do you like it? So
1: the the data and lore exchange um, in, in previous episodes where there was no two characters to bounce off of each other was – amazing like you i i never really thought about the the difference between data and lore until i saw brent spiner playing the two in one body and seeing him transition between the two that was fantastic and then in this this episode again to see them dialogue with each other was amazing as well to to see brent spiner you know play play data and play this like <laughs> kind of annoyed lore as he's like getting all these things from Data, and he's like, "Thanks, that's gone." Um, but then, but then, when they were all fused together, I still, I still think that he is not being Brent Spiner because I think Brent's a more accurate Brent Spiner, is uh, the con artist that he played on Night Court.
0: I mean, I think that Brent Spiner is acting. I just don't like. I I miss still miss Data. I feel like I'm not getting. I'm never going to get what I want, which is. The old data back, and I understand they're trying to um, get rid of people like me. I well, get it. okay, but I did you
1: did you feel that you got your data when he was in the cloud, or no, not even there? No.
0: Well, yeah, for you mean the the, the thirty five seconds of that exchange? Yeah, I yeah. Okay, I so
1: that was that. the data that you wanted, but now that he's out and he's got like the before curiosity and the lore snark and contraction using like your. You're disappointed that you won't see that data anymore.
0: A little bit. I feel yeah. like what we like about data is not the form factor of data, but the personality of data. There is yeah, a benevolence that. and a an innocence and a curiosity that I feel like is no longer there, at least as far as I can tell. My, my sense is when they continue this season that there will be moments where he is the old data, where he's sort of they, – they go to him to – calculate something or he's going to provide information or you know that kind of stuff i'm sure that will feel more like data but it just felt a little disappointing because it was you know it's he's a new character this is a, right this is a different character so i'm sure this is the same thing that that doctor who people feel where this is technically the same character
1: right this is not my data yeah they, they say that all the time this is not my doctor right yeah. So, but to, to speak to that, uh, I don't, I don't think you're even going to get that when he's doing his calculating, uh, his calculations just because when he was talking to Jordy and he used a contraction and Jordy said, you just used a contraction. and He said, no, I didn't. Yeah. And then kept walking. And he like kind of looks at him with a smirk or whatever it was to, to show that like he was actually making a joke. Like, I think that if he does have to do any calculations, he's going to do it very similar to how he did it over the, um, the intercom in the, in the enterprise.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna feel like a more confident data.
1: Yeah, than an uh, an objective one, right? Right,
0: and I feel like this isn't going to be the data that was in generations where he's just trying on his new emotions chip and he's singing and he's being, you know, kind of like a teenager, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's good because that was annoying. (laughs) I mean, it was funny. It was funny at the time, right? But now you look back on it and we watch it, and it's just sort of like "Eh, I don't really care. Stop doing that. Let's move on. That's kind of how I felt about this episode. I was waiting for all of the circumstances and the scenarios to play out because we all knew what was going to happen. I didn't think that Vatic would die, so that was unexpected.
1: Spoilers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> but I I feel like everything else I was like for the battle between lore and data, I was kind of just waiting for that to happen. We kind of they kind of telegraphed what was going to happen where lore overpowers data, but data had a trick up his sleeve. And takes over Lore uh, with some sort of clever idea. I was just waiting for that to happen. You know. Okay. So you, interesting- you
1: didn't buy into that at all. No. Okay.
0: All right. Because I I mean I, I would have liked Lore to be around for one episode, and Lore has to realize uh, I'm, they're just going to kill me if I try and be me right now. So I'm just going to be. I'm going to come out. I'm not going to pretend I'm Data, but I'm going to be Lore and help help Picard because it's in my best interest to because these other people are crazy people. That would have been no so
1: other- good. Right. Yeah.
0: And then maybe later data comes back and he's like, I have a gift for you guys because you let me live or something like that. Or, right. you know, you gotta go back and forth. I understand why they did what they did because that would be exhausting to do mm-hmm. my idea. But uh so you pay him a little bit more. You know, pay paper and spine a little bit more because he's playing well, two characters.
1: But you're asking died. him to act. Like <laughs> that's why he's there. Aside from the fact that he's data and like they had to bring him on, like they, he is an actor. He's paid to yeah. do a job, you know, and he's yeah. not going to get paid for each character he performs,
0: <laughs> right? Although maybe his agent would ask for that. I would ask for that.
1: Sure. Yeah. Sure. I think that's i that idea is great. Where Lord does win and he comes in, you know, and he's like, no, 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 don't shut me off. Don't shut me off. I'll help. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they everybody's disappointed, but they're like, okay, we we'll use you because you you do have a positronic brain that gets gets us what we need. Right. By the way, so that whole scenario where they need data to program something that will break the code, mm-hmm. which they just brushed over, by the way. just like, yep, I did it. It's done. Okay, let's move the plot next page. Right. I feel like Picard has a positronic brain yes right? yeah but I, I guess he doesn't have a usb port on the back of his <laughs> neck, so <laughs>
1: there's, there's definitely that but i think it's also that he's not used to being a computer so he doesn't know how to be a computer
0: well they could have been like look i know that you don't know like you don't feel this but we can use your brain to, mm. to let the computer like and then they connect him. you know they stick something up his ass and right. he can connect he talk to the computer right there's some science fiction for you because he is a robot you know yeah. like i mean that's why not what this series that? is based on yeah yeah, uh, so that could have been that would have been fun, yeah. And then, and and maybe he helps Data because he helped Data last time. I don't know. There seems like there's all these places you could have gone instead of them just standing there talking to each other.
1: Well, and I mean, I, I get that he's uncomfortable with him being a robot, but also that would have been a great moment at the beginning when he, like when when he was shouting at Data. You know, like I know you're in there. We need your help. Like, have him plug into the computer there and go into that white space, the cloud, uh, the void from Good Place. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you remember way back in the day, but this was the scene that was spoiled for me uh, when I thought I was watching a behind-the-scenes thing, and it was the scene with Spot because it was – it was Brent Spiner as Data and Lore in a white room. And so I assumed that it was like a, a green screen that they were using for later. I didn't realize that it was the cloud until, you know, like the, the scene. It, it was at that moment where Data comes back, you know, and he like takes over Lore. And I was like, oh, well, that's spoiled for me before I even started the series.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like their handling of bringing Data back, it feels very disorganized. It just feels very—I don't know what the connection is between the one that Picard killed in season one versus this one. They just—you know what I mean? It doesn't feel cohesive in any way. Well, yeah, We're and taking no cl- no questions.
1: They're well, kind of like they're—they're they're even well, they're taking those questions and they're answering them in very basic dialogue. You know, like Picard goes to Data and he's like, "Last time we saw each other, I helped you die." You know, and right. and Data was like, "Well, yes, that was me." But that's also not me. I'm so much more now. You know, he's like, I'm Data the White, not Data the Gray.
0: Right. Which is a funny analogy to make because that is also a excruciatingly vague character switch right there. Gandalf the Gray and Gandalf the White, which I do not understand still. It doesn't matter. Don't try and explain it to me because no matter who explains it to me how many times, it doesn't matter. I don't understand what's going on. (laughs) I need to read the books.
1: I'm going to try really quick. To I, I haven't read the books. To my understanding, Gandalf died, and this is now his like wizard essence before it travels on to the next world, helping them take care of it. Which is why he's so distant and just focused on getting the job done. So that way, when he's done, he can
0: pass on. That would be fine with me if anybody said something to that to those words in the movies. Nobody says anything like that, right? Nobody,
1: right? And well, I mean, at the end when they travel off on the boat, that's not a. Boat, like that's them traveling off to the afterlife. That's
0: easier to infer on that one, but Gandalf just showing up again, having had a shower, it doesn't. It, 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 I I cannot infer anything from that other than like I need more information. Right, and I I will take what you say as as, as a pl- plausible, but nobody says that. Nobody nobody ever confirms, or at least, or even implies or intimates what Gandalf is doing back alive. Again. Right.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair, and, and I don't, I, I don't know whether or not I'm right. That's that's what, that's what I inferred, and I think I got it from like a, a video somewhere. But I mean, it also takes you watching all three movies to even come to that semblance of a connecting the dots.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's see. As I had warned you a minute ago, I still don't know. <laughs> I still understand. Right. Uh, how do we start talking about that? Oh yeah. Data the great. He's now data the white, or is he data the well?
1: Yeah, because he died and he came back. That's what I was saying. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And he's so much more than he was before. Um, and <laughs> and he's also alphabet. I don't know. I was, uh, I was hoping that he would say the next line, but I don't know if you know the song, but he goes, Something has changed within me. And that's the opening line to, um, uh, Defying Gravity in Wicked.
0: Oh, I don't know that musical,
1: right? Okay. But yeah, I know that, the,
0: uh, I think I know the song though.
1: Right, it was on Glee. If you ever watched that, but all right, let's talk about Jack. Okay, <laughs> that's enough about data <laughs> and his no musical number.
0: Data. Yeah. So Jack has this ability to inhabit other people. I'm getting that it can only be it can't. He couldn't have inhabited Vatic or something like that. It has to be a, a not a, a humanoid form, right? Yeah. And so previously. Previously on Picard, he <laughs> inhabited what's-her-name, Jordy's mm-hmm. daughter, mm-hmm. and kind of controlled her right. to fight, right? Mm-hmm. I got that impression. It's not entirely clear. I guess that she confirms that later, is that he was controlling her. And yeah. can Yeah. So he basically whoops ass. Like, there's a point where he can whoop ass while controlling somebody else, right?
1: Right. Well, and he right. had to do the moves at the same time,
0: yeah. Right. So, uh, and then he does it again. He's like, I have an idea. I I have this special superpower where I can inhabit somebody's body. I can input Picard's codex into the computer and we can take the ship back over. And he does it and he gets found out and he's like one button push away from doing it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And Weedy Vatic comes up and grabs his arm, and I guess maybe she's a shapeshifter, so maybe she's super strong or something like that, and that's why he couldn't push the button. But he feels very paralyzed in this new body. Meanwhile, like I don't understand why he's just standing there. Why doesn't he just push her away and hit the button? Right? Right. It was so infuriating because he could. He previously showed that he can whoop ass mm-hmm. while in having somebody else's body. So. I, it just felt they, they said, I know that, that he couldn't, the, the plot would not allow for him to take over the ship at that point in time. It was too early in the, in the episode. Right. So I understand. Right. I understand the plot couldn't support that. But write a scenario that is plausible with mm-hmm. the powers that you set forth in the previous episodes. It just feels, again, with this idea that the previous writer didn't know what the other writer was doing.
1: Right. They were, yeah, they were told he has this power where he can control other people.
0: Yeah. Right. It just, it like just kick somebody like and get him out of the way and hit the button. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: mm-hmm. it's so funny. Like it, it feels like they take one step forward in not character development, but in like proper script writing. And then they'll take a step back. You know, they, they had a moment where Jack is explaining what he can do. And Dr. Crusher, you know, is like, well, you know, he's not hallucinating because blah, blah, blah. But then LaForge's daughter steps up and she's like, no, 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 he, he he's telling the truth. Cause he, did it to me and you know so like they subverted that of nobody believing him by having the witness actually step forward and say like yeah he can do that and then they did what you said you know like yeah. he had this great opportunity to enter it like he she grabbed his forearm all he had to do was like bend his wrist forward and push the button yeah <laughs> you know like oops
0: yeah. <laughs> right and just sacrifice him anyway like even if it was possible he was going to die like mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that was the dilemma that he faced. Kill this guy and take over the ship or let the guy live and continue to let Vatic run the ship. Huh? Yeah. And guess what? They
1: didn't do that. They didn't do that, but they didn't do that.
0: But they didn't. So yeah, it felt a little, this this episode felt a little bit that way. Like little, just little implausible stuff. Like when they take everybody off the ship, when Jack has appeared on the bridge and he's got his little Star Wars detonator right right and he says okay get rid of the other people you don't need them anymore you know she says okay they serve their purpose go put them in the adjacent room (laughs) so when we kill you we can bring them out and shoot them too right uh and they're moving everybody in and seven kind of like slips back into the bridge and jack is like what are you doing i told you to go back in there and she's like it's okay i know what i'm doing and it's like you could just open the door and put her back in there. It's not like <laughs> that door only closes for, and then it has to lock for right. an hour. <laughs>
1: hey,
0: yeah. It was so weird. It was such a weird, lazy way to get her back onto the bridge against everybody else's will, but there no, being no recourse to fix it. Right.
1: Well, And
0: she, did she wind up doing
1: anything? She Good just question. stood there with him while the force shield was activated.
0: Yeah, I don't remember. I felt like she was going to, you're right, she was going to do something, but she just stands there. Yeah. Maybe she's uh, contracted to have a certain amount of screen time.
1: Right, right. <laughs> she's like, I'm staying with you. And he's like, eh, all right.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it did complicate things. When all of the rest of the crew members go off into the ready room or whatever other room that is, Jack kind of looks at Captain Dick and, and Seven and nods like a kind of pregnant knowing nod like, I got this. Right. Go in there. Get in there. Yeah. And then she just ignores that. <laughs> like they knew, like they, uh, Captain Dick was probably like, oh, there's something going on. Let's do what they say." <laughs> <Right. laughs>
1: and he's like, well, I, I can't do it now, Seven. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this <laughs> right. plan
1: I, was based on you not being <laughs> here.
0: <laughs> you didn't see me winking? <laughs> you didn't see that?
1: My head gesture saying, go. <laughs>
0: All that board crap all over your face, and you missed that part. Uh, so I don't know, just little stuff like that is just infuriating. Where they just they have these scenarios, they need like the connective tissue between each each scenario. They just couldn't be creative enough to make them plausible. Mm-hmm. Made me mad. Yeah, I'm mad. Yeah, and that's fair. Yeah.
1: Well, and the the part that's irritating for me, I, I mean, to, if you want to go a little bit further, uh, so Raph, there there were there were several moments in this that took me out of it. Like, Raffi had swords in the hallway to fight other guys who had swords. Who had guns. Well, but they had swords. Like, she fought them with their swords.
0: Well, maybe they have a sidearm of a, like, maybe their culture has some, like, that's you know, it's like a Klingon where they have swords even though they all have blasters like it's part of their culture okay but they also had these giant rifle laser blasters it's like I right. love it that she just starts winding up and just starts flipping the swords around like ready to do it all yeah. all uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and they just shoot her absolutely why did they just shoot her
1: right like why were they or, like oh she has swords we better fight at her level
0: <laughs> she's like well our culture requires that we now fight with swords because she has swords yeah they're not predators I know <laughs> Maybe they are, <gasps> <laughs> but again, with the connective to like they couldn't get creative enough to. So, okay, maybe they take her. Maybe they they surprise her or something, right? They surprise her and she had like it's close quarters, so they don't have the opportunity to shoot her. But she's like ten feet away from them, starts winding up her swords and starts flipping around. And oh, Warf yeah. is just hiding. Is like we have to let her do what she needs to do. And he always, he came to the rescue three times, I think, well, in this episode.
1: Uh, right. But I mean, even, even in that part, he's like, he's like, okay, you're going to fight them? I've got my pen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I forgot. I forgot all about Worf and Raffy. Forgot. I was like, oh. Right. right. And, it's, and it's a good thing that they played the, v- <laughs> the very subtle Klingon music after Worf shows up. And how did the guy not see him? <laughs> like, was he, was Worf walking behind him the whole time? Like, every time the guy would turn around, the, Worf would like stay behind him, you know, like you do in, in high school. And it just, here's the thing I'm okay with the, some sort of musical heroic thing for Worf. It needed it. It was cool, right? Mm-hmm. I, I know what they were going for, but they never used that in the show. Granted, they did use it in the movies, fine, but. In terms of this having some rhyming ability with the show, which is what I think they're going for, that kind of element, you can write anything you want. Just write something heroic or give us a snippet of that, something that implies it. We don't need a verse and the chorus, right? Right, right.
1: Yeah. Set, set up the one plus one. We can add it together. Yeah.
0: We'll right. t- and the fact that Worf is standing right there, we'll do the Klingon math. Right. But uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It feels like, again, it's like they had all of their little scenarios and they needed to get them from point A to point B. And they just struggled with that for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I just wanted, I felt like Jordy was really selling all of the stuff he could sell in terms of giving us what was happening science fiction y stuff, computer science fiction y stuff. It just didn't feel connected. It d- didn't feel like what he was doing was having an effect. It was just sort of like he was just reading the. Subtitles for us, you know
1: right right like watching the dots turn and, and he's like it's we're like, losing him this is an ambush
0: how can you tell what's happening it's like well the red is uh, i think the red is lore and the green
1: I, I that that would have been re i mean it's not the tone that they were going for but that would have been really funny if they had the dots wrong
0: <laughs> oh I was, oh, I get it. That's great. Well, nice to see you, Data. <laughs> my bad. Great.
1: Right. Like, they think Data wins with all the, the red dots. They're like, yes, he did it. And then
0: everything turns to blue. <laughs> They're like, what? No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about everything that I uh, was pissed off about.
1: Okay, so, so my two things. Um, I, I was irritated. I, I, loved, I loved Vatic's defeat. Like, that was fine. But I was irritated that it kind of feels like she was just a villain to be a villain. Like she was just an obstacle, you know? They're like, okay, we beat her. We still have to deal with... Uh, found, what, what's the day? Found, the the day. What, what's the day that they're... Picard Day? <laughs> I want to say it's Foundations Day, but I don't think that's right. Federation Day. Is that what it is? It's Federation Day. Yeah, there it's we go. Federation Day. Okay. She just She felt like an obstacle... To still get to the problem at Federation Day. It didn't feel like they had done anything because they still don't know exactly why she wants Jack. They know she wants Jack because he's got Picard's DNA so they can get into Federation Day celebration, but they don't explain why they need that. And so they didn't stop that plot from happening.
0: Well, and they also have Picard's old body, which they removed the whatever syndrome part Mm -hmm. of his brain from that. So, by the way, wouldn't it be great if now that that Picard is healed, they reanimate that Picard and there's two Picards walking around. <laughs> but the other one's a little dim. You right.
1: Know? Well, yeah, because he's had some of his brain cut out. That kind of makes sense.
0: Kind of like that Michael Keaton movie where there's like clones and there's like there's copies Multiplicity. of a copy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Make it show. Yeah.
0: Make it show. <laughs> I was I was surprised. That they acknowledged the romance between Deanna and Worf. That was great. Like, Worf has been pining over Deanna. That was totally unexpected. Because right. you expect, because there's a point in one of the movies where Worf is like, Yeah, you and Riker belong to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I would well, always break Deanna's arms anyway. So. And he was married to
1: Dax for several years. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> yeah, when did this longing start? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in Titanic where Rose has gone through her entire life after being rescued after jack uh selflessly gives his life for her. Eh, I don't know if he gives his life. I think he probably would have gotten on there onto the the raft if he would if he could have. But anyway, point being, she uh, rose had a whole life with a whole other husband, pro- potentially multiple husbands of other, all these other people that she, you know, said she probably loved, I'm assuming. This whole idea that when she finally dies, she imagines jack <laughs> And not her family. <laughs> it's just Jack, who's a twenty-year-old. I don't know. Just it seems to betray her whole life. She knew this Jack guy for a week, mm-hmm. tops.
1: Well, yeah. So he <laughs> he didn't live long enough to become the villain. He died the hero, you know. So he was able to be this perfect guy.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: So so yeah, like <laughs> that was that was what her future husband had to live up to. You know? Which he never did. No, because he didn't that's, die for her. Yeah, great. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, that's probably why she had at least five husbands over the course of her life, <laughs> right. and they all looked uh, suspiciously like Leonardo DiCaprio.
1: Yeah. Well, there was there was one that she married for like a year and a half that looked like Billy Zane, but
0: that <laughs> she found out it was that character. <laughs> He's
1: just had a mustache the whole yeah. time. And,
0: <laughs> you look surprised and like no no different how did we get on that oh Worf and and Deanna mm-hmm. yeah because Worf was married to Dax
1: right yeah yeah,
0: yeah. I know so that was just unexpected to me it, it felt like they lingered a little too long well <laughs> like again as my my comment remains mm-hmm. all of you you YouTube commenters <laughs> about
1: Worf's growth and how it makes perfect sense.
0: Aside from him telling us how much he's grown and aside from the other lines where he's just saying I would have mailed you the heads but I was told that was passive-aggressive. Mm-hmm. Where the, is the part where this is the old Wharf where he's just sort of this he was already this this kind of Peaceful, enlightened person on the television show. So, where is this person?
1: Maybe that was the rest that he wasn't saying. That he said that he was a pacifist. Now, like maybe he meant he's a pacifist (laughs) aggressivist.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, in his defense, it would be a passive (laughs) aggressivist. Right. I mean, I think as a Klingon, you're already already an aggressivist. Right. (laughs) But again, I don't understand. He's he's the joke. Uh, right. on almost every scene that he's in. Yeah. Well, because name me a scene in this last episode where he has some sort of contribution that doesn't include a one-lining joke.
1: Yeah, well, I was going to say at the ready room, but you're right.
0: Like you, that was where he talked about delivering the heads. The heads, yeah. Yep. So explain to me inst- internet, where was I wrong to begin with? I will accept your $5 donations. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I No, it's
1: okay. I just
0: <laughs> I'm talk I talked over your uh-
1: I'm just waiting for the YouTube short for this.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's going to be so good. Like
0: The guy that said clearly this guy doesn't watch the show because this is the, the rest of the show. He is clearly Worf. Right. I'm going to find that guy. <laughs> I'm going to put his name up there. I'm going to ask him again. Where is this Worf that you've been speaking of? Okay, I'm sorry. So continue with your... Um, your thought.
1: So the the last part too that just kind of irritated me was was kind of the last bit of the episode. I I don't think that there will be just because there really hasn't been so far in this show. But it would be nice if there was some guilt on Deanna's side because I can't imagine there's anything that's good behind this red door. And I feel like her What gave you that idea? Well, I I feel like her being in in the hallway with him is more symbolic. Like she's not actually able to see the door the way that he can. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know.
0: She she's an empath or she you know, she's she can Well yeah, I was gonna say mean,
1: maybe right, maybe there is something from previous episodes that have shown that yes, she is physically there and that's not just symbolism in the show to show that
0: she is there to support him. But well, that's not a physical space though. Like, they're not, they're they're in his, I got the impression they were in his mind yes. entirely. Yeah. yeah, but,
1: like, I, the way I've always pictured it is, like, she's just helping them get through their emotions, and she is not in this visual imagery in his mind with him. Like, she can't see that door the way that he can. She just recognizes that there is this door that mm-hmm. he's been blocking, and she's like, we're going to do this together. And so I, it would just be great if there was some kind of guilt Uh, like once we do find out what's behind the door presuming that it is bad that she's like this is kind of my fault I pushed him to open that door I don't think that's going to happen I think that it's just going to be the door is open uh and now we have to figure out what to do
0: I have a feeling it's going to be something familiar to us I agree it can't be something new maybe it's Wesley it's like you stole (laughs) my mother from me
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh or (laughs) oh uh or the the scorpions the 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 bug things that crawled into their throats
0: in uh, oh in conspiracy conspiracy yeah that would be a deep cut dude but it would be just a like
1: it's a creepy episode ends on a cliffhanger it would be so great if that's what it was I don't think it is because I like I feel like that would have been spoiled somewhere like you know Picard pulled off an amazing deep cut
0: yeah I'm trying to think. It's, it's got to be something, right? It's got to be something from the old show. I can't imagine them having this giant door that we've been waiting to see what is, whatever lies behind it. And it's not something familiar to us, some sort of villain. It's not lore. Uh, what else? Who? Are, it's not going to be Q. Q's dead, although they've proved in this show that nobody can die. You can always bring somebody back. So, right. Uh, I mean, it's just as it could be Wesley. So, our predictions is Wesley or the bugs from Conspiracy.
1: Yeah. I mean Wesley would be amazing if he's just <laughs> on a murderous rampage. I mean, given how we saw him in season two, that seems less likely.
0: Well, there's two of Wesley's now.
1: Oh, right. <laughs> they, they pulled the, the Riker maneuver. Just keep keep
0: pulling on this <laughs> keep on this thread. It's not going anywhere. We're trying to make Wesley work as a villain. In my head, I don't see it happening. Right.
1: But anyway, so I actually like this episode. I I don't think it's a proper Star Trek episode, but I I did enjoy the episode. Um, But what really irritated me was just how the last episode was like, do you want to know who you really are, Jack? And then this episode was like,
0: we're going to find out who you really are, Jack. And there's two episodes left. I know. know. It'd be great if they just kept doing that until even at the last, the very last episode, like finally, Jack, here is the door you've been waiting. This is that other, the other three doors not the real doors. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) I'm okay with, with this chaining together, these episodes like this. I mean, I guess you need it. I mean, I, I understand it feels like, again, it just feels very incohesive. I don't have a good sense of the stakes. All we know is that there's this looming threat. And I feel like by episode eight, we should know what that threat is to have the stakes feel grounded. And, that don't feel grounded like i don't know even if there is a threat right i mean i know we know there's a threat but i don't like in terms of what our crew can handle right we've handled some pretty bad things before right well and geriatric or not
1: and to be fair uh you know i think i think the reason why this is more frustrating is because lower decks is more episodic so the episodes were were fine by themselves they didn't You know, you didn't need to watch the whole thing altogether to understand what was happening. But episode eight of season four of Lower Decks was caves. It was a bottle episode, you know, before we got into episode nine and ten, which was the, the big finale. So to not have everything revealed by episode eight, it's fine if you aren't building it up this much. But we've had eight episodes, you know, of Jack being this important thing and we still don't know why.
0: Right. I mean, and, we understand what his powers are, but we don't know why they would need those things. Especially right. considering it seems like they have quite a bit of might behind them. Yeah, uh, the bad guys, whoever they are, whoever these people are, because this isn't necessarily the the, the being that Vatic summons with her wrist. I feel like we don't really know what that thing looks like. Um, right. So, is that what he looks like? How big is he? It's it's kind of like in Star Wars: The Force Awakens, where they I forgot the bad guy's name in that where they put they they present him in, as kind of this gigantic person, mm-hmm. but he's a uh, he ends up just being regular sized. What is right. that guy's name? Snoke. S- Snoke. Yep, yep. I just thought of that. Just now. Um, it's kind of like that. Like we don't have a sense that the bad. Like you can only do that a couple of times before we start to lo- starts to lose its kick, right? Its bite. So yeah, I mean we still have two episodes left. So I'm not going to stop watching.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I don't think so either. I'm, Are you? It's kind of what we're doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Not a. Not really a proper Star Trek episode. Nothing really happens science fiction-y, really. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it, I mean, stand alone, there is still Jack's moral debate of, you know, moral dilemma of whether or not he should turn himself in. And everybody's telling him no. And he's like, you know, I'm going to. But... Right. It's it's treading water at this point. You know, it's still the same. Everybody's telling you no and here he keeps saying, but I've got to.
0: Right. Yeah. So I did I did like that there is a uh there's a fart fan on the Titan on the bridge.
1: <laughs> the thing where they oh, open the doors oh, and oh, suck oh, all the oh. air out. No no no. <laughs> I thought you meant like somebody who just really
0: loved farts. That's what you thought? <laughs> Yeah, fart fan. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a fan you, of farts. Like, <laughs> like, I guess that's
0: I guess that's my fault. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, and well, right, and I mean that's a great way to get rid of the villain, and you know, but like again, that's now that's now canon. That is a thing that all starships have.
0: Well, and the whole view screen opens up. Right, yet another point of failure on the bridge—the part where most people shoot at. You know, it just mm-hmm. feels, feels, do you need that?
1: Right. Do you need a, a hinge and a sliding door where there's going to be the most amount of disruption?
0: It would have been great if, if uh, Captain Dick walks out and says, I told you there was a use for that. Right. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or something like, I'm really glad they put that on Titan and only the Titan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was an upgrade that we had to pay for, but I'm glad we did that. Right. By the way, they kind of pulled an Indiana Jones in the last crusade little bit, because when Indiana Jones is caught with his dad, and they're talking about Marcus to the Nazis, whatever that guy's name, the the Nazi liaison, and they're looking for Marcus because he's got the he's got the book, or he's got the the Grail book or something like that. And they said, Marcus, that guy can speak seventeen languages. He'll blend in, disappear. You'll never see him again. With <sighs> any luck, he's got the Grail already. And they cut to him, and he's like, "Excuse me, do you know where I can find?" You know, it's like it's it's a great cut. And they did the same thing with this where. Riker is saying, "Picard has probably already pulled a genius move and mm-hmm. uh, got her on the ropes already." And then it cuts to her spinning around in the right in the, in the bridge <laughs> while everybody's lined up. Yeah, yeah. Yep.
1: <laughs> poor form, Picard. You know, like it was just this is not a show where it's supposed to be kind of lighthearted but serious stakes. You know, like everything is dark, the the dialogue, the mood. And I mean, even, even Worf, like with his jokes, yes, they are jokes, but he's playing them straight, you know, and it's just the is who is reacting to them in a humorous way. I mean, I guess, except for the passive aggressive part where everybody was chuckling, but like, but the, the tension is done at that point, you know? So like, it's just, it was just a very weird, incongruous scene between yeah, the, the tone. Yeah.
0: That whole reunion scene could have just been cut. I would have been fine with it. We didn't need it. It was. It felt so long where, there, where every single character had to say to every other character how much they missed them and thought about them.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Somebody should have said something along the lines of, we can exchange niceties when this is done. We still have a ticking clock of Federation Day. You know, something along those lines. And they, they shouldn't just be sitting there going, oh, man, I haven't been with you guys in so long.
0: I know, right? Like your hair. Look at it. Right? Oh. <laughs> That would have been a great line for Worf. Yes. It's like, perhaps we should uh, save the nice when we're not in peril, you know? Right, right. So I'm kind of half expecting Vadik to come back. She's going to pull a T-1000 and recongeal herself together I somehow. Know,
1: right? But how? Like, I've been thinking about that know. too. Like, there's – right. She, again, it was just such a – it was a great – it was a great killing of a villain, but it was too – it was too soon. Like, she – otherwise, she was just an obstacle, and I don't understand why she – she was the baddie that they were trying to follow. If she didn't provide any more information, and that didn't that didn't accomplish, you know, they didn't kill the bad guy, but now there's still a bomb. Like they had to get to Federation Day anyway.
0: Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't feel again. That's that's the cohesiveness that I feel like it lacks. Right. Is that we don't know what's happening, and so we just feel like she's the that turd that won't flush. You right. Know? Yeah. She just keeps. What's that she, from? You're a turd that won't flush. That's from. The two it's things. not from Back well, to the Future 3, is it? I don't think so. I yeah, guess they didn't have... They didn't well, have yeah, plumbing. like the only
1: person who could have said that was Michael J. Fox, and that does <laughs> not did. sound like something he would have said.
0: Uh, it's from something. Listeners, this is a job for the listeners. What's that from? Wow, dude. What?
1: <laughs> that is a deep cut.
0: What? The flushing thing? <laughs> yeah. What's it from?
1: Do you, what do you, what do you want to know? Do you want to know who said it? The actor who said it? Like, do you want to be the actor, actor. the character, or the movie? I'm
0: sure I'll know once you. Dennis Hopper. Oh, it's, uh, yeah. Waterworld. That's right. Would you have known the character's name?
1: No. Uh, Just because I just looked it up and like, it says who the character was.
0: What's the character's name? I forgot. Hopper.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sad they didn't grab Dennis Hopper to be Hopper. Like that would just, would have been perfect. I know. Uh, Deacon.
0: All right, Deacon, good name. Yeah, this is the second time that movie has come up on this podcast. What was the first? I don't know. Oh, you just remember mentioning it. it before. <laughs> no.
1: I like that we're kind of a fan of like the less mainstream movies. You know, like. Super Mario Brothers, all the Van Dam movies.
0: <laughs> hey, Van Dam was a a lister for a yeah, but while we know there.
1: him from his like '90s stuff, <laughs> like his straight to video
0: Double Impact. No, I think I think those were in those were like his a list times, like his early '90s was theater stuff. I
1: thought he was an '80s action hero. No, you're like
0: I think he bridged the gap. I think Time Cop was his last big thing, Okay. and that was mid '90s,
1: right? wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, Time Cop and Street Fighter. Those are the two for me.
0: After that, we're like, no, I don't need Van Damme anymore. <laughs> I think I'm done.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, when you, when you watched the best, the rest is just kind of, when you've, when you've had That's steak, true. it's hard to go back to burger.
0: I mean, the best thing he, uh, he did after those was that commercial for truck, for Volvo trucks. Oh, where sure. There's the splits between the two trucks. Right.
1: Um, well, no, there, there was a show he did for, I think. All I
0: right, was, enough uh, of this. Uh, Let's get the hell out of here, Jean-Claude. you've been Jonathan and you've been Paul, <laughs> and this has been the measure of an episode, I, I, well, I think that's a but you already knew that. <laughs> <laughs>